Yeah, I think I also want to point out to Stars fans, games like today, I don't think force Jim Nill's hand to pull the trigger. Um, GMs do have a calmness about them for the most part. You know, um, the, the I mean, they're passionate about winning, but it's not like, oh my God, we lost five to one. Here we go. We have got to make a trade now. So, um, you know, I'm sure they're working the phones and I'm sure... You know, they're seeing what's out there. But the question is, David, you know, what are you willing to mortgage as far as how deep you want to go in? Because you certainly have a little bit of draft capital, but clearly you don't want to touch your top three prospects. Um, at least I don't, because, you know, someone like passed me at work today and said, how about that stank open? And I'm like, yeah. And if you like him, here comes Bork. You know, that to me, that's my philosophy. It's it's one of the uh, so I, I had an interview with uh, Jack Han uh, over there, at my uh, my sub stack. And it was the one thing that Han seemed to be really bullish on, which was star the Dallas, you know, the Dallas Stars as a legit con contender. Um, yes, for who they are now, but also for the fact that you don't have many contenders that are going to go into the postseason who would just be like, you know what, let's just bring bring one of our elite players up and they'll make a difference the way they have with Stankoven. And, you know, it's it's crazy to me because, like, I, I've – I listen, I wrote back in September, Stankoven is NHL ready. Um, I feel the same way about Bork. And honestly, like, I felt the same way about uh, Bixel until, like, the, the last week. It seemed like he kind of struggled. You, know, you could argue maybe his head was somewhere else. And, and yes yeah. – there's the whole thing with like going to Sweden and whatnot. But I mean, watching them just dominate the AHL, uh, this is like a, a thing that it, it's almost kind of like a second deadline that Dallas has. And I think if, if you're looking for optimism, not that I think we're being negative, I think, you know, we're just, we're reflecting and making observations about a game that Dallas got crushed in. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. there's, there's rarely going to be positives, except, of course, you know, the prospects they have. And, I, I think my thing is, well, are they going to leverage it? Because this is not like the year Dallas went to the cup and technically had access to Jason Robertson. Yes, they did. But what are the chances like, you know, Robertson was going to be put on the top line where he it could have made a difference. And what are the chances that Robertson would have been especially effective at that time? This is not that. Bork, Stankoven, Bixell, plenty of AHL experience. Um, and in Bork and Stankoven's case, they have dominated the AHL. Um, uh, and, and so they really are aces of Dallas's sleeve, you know, for, for, you know, pardon the pun, but, um, so, so I'm really curious if they, because you have to ask yourself a question, right? Are we a better team with Stankoven and potentially Bork with them on the roster? And if they are, well, then where's your philosophy of win now? Now. Yeah. Do you genuinely believe that or? Well, I didn't know. Well, I think Stankoven has certainly made that case and the comfort level that he's had. And, you know, like someone said, maybe it's adrenaline, you know, you know, we'll see. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I didn't say anything at the time, David, but I was, I was like, no. <laughs> I mean, if you watch the guy's career and you watch him in juniors, 
and then you watch him. I mean, to me, one of the biggest leaps in hockey is the junior level to the AHL. And I think that's where you truly see. And like, there was no hesitation. And so dominating in the AHL, I mean, we all know the first half of last year, Maverick Bork didn't have the greatest start, but after the all-star break just came on blazing to the fact that he was called up during the playoffs, um, didn't play, but he was called up. And so to me, I think they would be better with Bork on the roster. I know that people might say, well, you know, they, the star, what are they going to do? The stars have great center depth. Well, at some point you have to say, is that depth better than the person that I have coming? And I think some are, but I think some, you probably have to make some room for Maverick Bork in the off season. By the way, I'm still kind of floored by the comment. Uh, sort of no judgments to your um, <clears throat> coworker. Was is that? Uh... Oh no, no, no! I, I'll tell you off. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm okay. not gonna. I'm not. No, this was this was someone's genuine thoughts. So let me let me just say, like, the, I mean, I think for that's an argument you could have made for Alex Chason, who who really just got lucky breaks, and that's why we got hyped. Um, yes. Stankoven, you know, this is not just a player that has like produced at every level. This is a player that performs on a shift to shift basis. I mean, you're not going to find many forwards. This is one of the reasons why I'm like such a hype man for Stankoven, um, because you're not going to find many forwards who excel on the rush and on the forward check, and then also have the talents in addition to finish plays, to make plays. Um, to continue it and to just flat out control territory. You're just yeah. not going to find many Fords like that. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, this is, to me, this is why I, the kind of like um, Logan Stankoven semicolon or colon elite uh, thing is, is something I like posting on Twitter because I don't often get that sort of, get that feeling. And first it was with Thomas Harley. Now it's with Stankoven because I just, they also have, that physicality that players need to sometimes just jailbreak plays, you know, nothing's ever perfect from game to game and you need that physicality. I mean, we've seen this with Robertson, right. You know, especially like Robertson, in the playoffs last year, um, you know, you really need that, that sort of, that kind of <laughs> that sort of when, when you just allow, when you just let yourself go on autopilot and your body does the rest and, and they have that, that ability. And in addition to the, you know, spatial awareness and IQ. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They're special. I mean, you look back at that first goal and I rewatched it a couple times. Play is over to the left side. Stankoven wins the puck along the boards, flips it over to the right side. A hard charging Wyatt Johnston wins that puck. And where does he find Logan Stankoven going right to the net and the quickness of the release and the fact that in tight, he could put it over the right shoulder, so cross net over Gorgiev, I think was just so impressive. I mean, when you break that player, when you break that down, that was two players. And then you look at the size of Stankoven and the size of Wyatt Johnston, and that was just pure skill because these guys, it's not like they muscled off the puck, although Stankoven, man, those are tree trunks that guy has. Um, I, I'm really impressed um, with how he plants. Craig and I were talking about it today, and I think Stankoven's an overall good player. 
David, I'm telling you, he reminds me a lot of a healthy Brandon Gallagher, especially young in Gallagher's career. I think Stankoven's got a better skill set, but I just love his in-front net presence and the relentlessness that he has in the offensive zone. Do you know football very well? I hope so. I'm the home of the Cowboys. Well, I'm just curious. Like, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I, I forget that. Uh, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Multi-sport. My guys know more. <laughs> um, when So when we talk about size, we're just talking about height. Like, I really want to, like, emphasize that because I'm curious. Was that a criticism of Barry Sanders when he was drafted? It was a criticism of Emmett Smith when he was drafted. Yes. Um, em- Emmett was criticized for that. Um, good question on Barry. Um, but no, I, I don't think it was as much as it was from Edmund, uh, Emmett and Emmett ended up being just, you know, the durability was amazing. So yeah, I understand what you're saying. I think that's a, that's a, that's a great point. And especially in today's NHL, David, where, you know, the physicality has kind of dropped off a bit, you know, uh, five, eight, I'm not saying it's regular, but you know, the smaller players that have the high skill level. I mean, you know, God, I'll look it up. Austin Matthews. What is he? Six feet? Six foot three. No, Austin Matthews is like massive. Is he really? Yeah. Six foot three. The, um, my bad. but you know, the, so, but like the funny thing to me though, is that like, like Stankoven is, and you, you saw this a lot in the AHL, um, where it seemed like he kind of leveraged it more. Um, but, um, he's 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 somebody that willfully engages in contact this is not a player that shies away from collision um you know he's he's thrown open ice hits before and uh, and i'm almost positive that miles wood tried to knock him off the puck in center ice and miles wood is a big guy miles wood is a power forward and uh stankova not only held his ground but kind of like uh, knocked wood off balance a little bit which Kind of really, and of course, there was also the play against the Islanders where he's battling Alex Romanoff. For those who don't know, like Romanoff is not like a super tall guy, but he's a tank. And yeah. Stankoven was just toe to toe with him in the corners. And that's something that you're going to see really, really kind of uh, something that like is going to be a part of his game that ability on the exterior of the ice, which is essential for. The cycle for four check-in, maintain, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? And and so I, I don't think there's anything that's going to hold Stankoven back other than maybe one of his line mates. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> no, I understand what you're saying. By the way, you nailed it. Austin Matthews, my apologies, is six foot three. Perfect. Now, you know, if I, if I had an ego, my man, I would tell our great producer, Gregory Finley, and I would redo the sentence. You know, like Clayton Keller, for instance, he's five foot ten. <laughs> well, you know, to be to be fair, like he, Austin Matthews is definitely a player that does not play to his size. Yeah, like he's not physical. In fact, you know, you'll even hear Toronto fans complain about his lack of physicality. Um, and and yeah, I think if you were to watch him on the ice, you know, if if you didn't note, if you weren't looking for it, he would not look like a six foot three player. But um, yeah. But, no, it was, a, it, was a, it was a great point. But, you know, I mean, uh, remember when Martin St. Louis was playing and it was just so unique to see him um, or even like Tobias Enstrom playing defense. Um, oh, or Julius Honka. On, on the blue <laughs> yeah, well done. I, I'm yes. sorry. You're, you're making a really salient point and I just kind of ruined it. <laughs> 
Those good players. Yeah, no, yeah. you're absolutely right. There are some Ryan Rafalski. Yeah. All right. You know, I mean, there there are those you know guys. I, I like I said, I just love, I love his tenacity, and you know, I think you brought this up before we started. I, I think it's a great point. Like, it's tough watching them lose. It's tough watching them on a night like tonight. It's tough watching that defense. Um, you know, kind of be walked through for the likes of McKinnon and, and and other players, but at the same time, like, you know, I just I'm so enjoying the Logan Stankoven um situation, and I am fascinated when Dodonov comes back. We don't know how long Tyler Sagan's not out, but I mean, they're gonna have to make a move, and um, it'll be interesting what they do. I mean, they they can waive Joel Hanley. I mean, are they going to do that, though? I mean, it's, it's like as much as we feel like, well, we know exactly what needs to be done, and surely Jim Neal is going to do the right thing. You know, he's had opportunities before. I, I, you know, if he keeps up this pace, you can't, right? You, you're, you're vying for the Central Division crown. You cannot send that player down. I mean, it just seems like I think for Jim Neal, like the perspective is that um, Jim Neal is a loyal guy. And and I think I I think he's he's just like in the same way. Right. Even though like Ryan Sutter's had like a decent, you know, couple of games. Yeah. He's still a player that listen, like in a perfect world is is he replaced by somebody else on the roster? Yeah, probably. Is that ever going to happen? No. Although I guess you could, you know, make the argument that like, you know, on the third pair, totally fine. And he has been, but, um, but I mean, if they're really looking at like, for example, like Noah Hannafin uh, and, and guys like Nick Sealer, like they're, you know, the rumors at least have been like, you know, various like left shot defensemen. Um, wouldn't you want someone like, I don't know, Esselandell on the third pair and Hannafin on the second pair in a perfect world? I mean, it's, it's, these are things that are, yeah, obviously, like likely out of the realm of possibility. But if he wanted to do it, um, I feel like he could. And, and Dallas is one of the few teams that has the assets to really do whatever they want. That doesn't mean they're going to. Uh, you know, we've already heard about kind of, you know, they're, you know, they, they still really love Ty Delandria. They feel like he's going to be part of the future, um, even if he's a clear, I think, candidate to, to uh, be cut, say, over like, Someone like, um, I, I don't, to be honest, like, see, I like Delandria though, man. So it, this is tough for me to like sort of throw him under the bus, but also like, I think Delandria is better than a few forwards that are probably going to stick around in this roster come playoff time. Yeah. But I don't know how we ended up here. No, um, I, I think it, I think it is fair. And, and, and I, you know, it's interesting because I was thinking from the opposition point of view, because I think when I think in my head about trades, I'm not just thinking from the stars point of view, I'm thinking, okay, would the opposition want that player? And I was thinking about Nils Lundqvist and would a team, David, prefer a Nils Lundqvist over, let's say a third round pick? I mean, I want to say yes, but it's also, it's hard to gauge because I, I feel like kind of, and I think we've seen this happen before, but, you know, a lot of these teams were looking at, you know, Nils Lundqvist during the draft, right? So everyone's familiar with him. Um, I, I think the question is how much of his treatment in Dallas has 
maybe kind of <laughs> devalued. Yeah. You know, his his status, I, I think, among other teams. Now, you could say, like, well, not really, because, hey, he got in a solid, you know, in this case, some solid games last season, didn't play in the playoffs, but, hey, you know, he's a rookie. He's still learning. But then this year, they sort of do the same thing, and I think that, to me, was the biggest mistake with the whole Lundquist drama. Not, not to rehash it, but just that, I don't know, if you're going to make decisions based on, quote, unquote, business and – and ulterior motives like you know keeping a veteran on your roster because it's a good story then you know what about sort of the business of business like why not keep a prospect in the lineup that way you have a better case to trade him because his value is at an all-time high and you can say hey look how much the coach trusts him isn't this yeah. a great asset <laughs> yeah no you, you're you're absolutely right